Join the Geek Therapy Discord server, which is without a doubt the most active community space we have right now. Get your invitation at geektherapy.com slash discord. Welcome to Headshots, the psychology and gaming show on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm one of your hosts, Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Lauren Keller. Hello! And in celebration of a brand new podcast on the Geek Therapy Network called The Codex, we have the host of The Codex here as a special guest, Mark Wheaties. Hello! Hey, Mark. Welcome. It's about time I'm on this podcast. I, I don't like your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep my inner fangirl from uh, coming to light because ever since I listened to this first episode of Headshots last year and I think September, I've been wanting to be on this show. Gotcha, well, I right? think that you should fangirl because that's sort of what we want to talk about today. That's right. That's right. What we're really talking about today is our favorite games. Specifically, what what makes a game your favorite game to the point where you would start a podcast about it, which is what Mark did. <laughs> and so, Mark, why don't you start us off by telling us exactly what the Codex is and why you made it? Yeah, so the Codex is... um. It's more of like a, I want to call it like a lore cast. You are my very special co-host that is also on the Codex podcast. And together, you and I, we sort of take a look at each game and we sort of break it down and we take a look at all like the cool- What games? What games? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. (laughs) I'm I'm just just so used to just people knowing. It's Assassin's Creed. The Assassin's Creed series um, is my all-time favorite series. I love it to death. And um, together, you and I, we sort of take a look at each of the games in the series, starting from the very beginning of Assassin's Creed 1. And we sort of break it down. Typically, how we try to do it is we take one episode to take a look at like the present day stuff that takes place in these games, take a look at what's going on. And the next episode, we take a look at the the actual main game. So the historical setting, the kind of the story that they're building. And with every game that we progress through, um, we sort of build up on this world that this series is trying to create. And we take a look at all these cool little aspects and how certain things are evolving, how characters are getting developed, um, how characters develop in just their singular games alone, with Ezio kind of being the only real exception because he's in three games. So uh, that's kind of where it goes uh, in terms of the codex. And the reason why I decided to create this podcast was simply because actually when I was in college, just a like a couple years ago, and and I'm sorry, I should say in community college, there was an English assignment that um, one of my professors had assigned to us. Um, It was like a final end of the year project. And he said, you know, you can kind of do whatever you like with it. Um, You can make a a podcast episode if you want. You can do essays. You can do whatever you want. Just, you know, do something and make it exciting. Make it something interesting. Do it on something that you, you enjoy. So, of course, the only thing that was in my mind was Assassin's Creed because Origins had just come out and I was playing that all the time. And so I decided to create this one-off little podcast episode. No editing or anything. It's just kind of me sitting in a microphone and talking about Assassin's Creed and kind of talking about the story for like an hour straight. And I think I did a really bad job of it. But um, when I presented it, 
my professor who listened to it said that, you know, you should really start a podcast. And so that's kind of, it kind of was in my mind there. And then of course, after talking about it and thinking about it, I posted it up in the discord and then you challenged me. You said, I bet you won't do it. And then I said, watch me. And here we are. <laughs> Yay. I like your professor. That's the, that's the kind of, that's the kind of teacher I am. Just telling everybody, you should make that into a podcast. <laughs> Have you considered making that into a podcast? Just make a great podcast. Just make a podcast. <laughs> um, what was the name of that one-off that you did? <laughs> uh, I cleverly named it Assassinating and Procrastinating because I made it, I think, two days before it was due. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I had a good month to do it. I just put it off so long until like, because it was Assassin's Creed and I knew every, I basically knew everything about it. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be easy. I just got to sit in front of a microphone and talk for an hour. I actually wasted three hours because I had to do like multiple takes because I could, <laughs> I, I just kept stumbling over my words or I kept getting, I kept backtracking to fill in some plot holes that I felt were important when in reality they probably weren't. So when... You came up with the with the idea, right? And, and we we decided, okay, yeah, let's do it. I remember you asking me, "Is this something that would fit on the Geek Therapy Network?" And I don't remember exactly what I told you at the time, but I think that it absolutely does because the whole reason that this network started, the whole the whole everything that started with Geek Therapy was about using the things that we know really well and how we know already how to gain insights from them and pull metaphors from them and pull learnings from them and using that to help other people. And I love the idea that you, you love this series so much that you're able to like, you mapped out like three seasons, right? Of the show <laughs> exact. And, and like split up each game and how it would be done in different media. It's like, it is so important to you. It's, it's not just that you like it. Like, this is your favorite game series. It is meaningful to you. And I love the idea of exploring something so deeply because on the Geek Therapy Network, we haven't done that yet. We haven't gone all in on on one, uh, or at least we didn't used to, right? I mean, the first time I was I was going to say, here comes I always say this. I always and, say this. So it's just Mark. This. Mark has brought us to the, the level we want to be at. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> You know me, just revolutionizing geek therapy since twenty nineteen. Hell yeah! It's 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 it. This is not the first time I've done this, where I've kind of uh, forgot to mention. Here comes a thought, uh, but I was getting there. <laughs> Here comes a thought is our Steven Universe podcast, right? It went all in on Steven Universe. This is the first time that we're doing it with a with a game series, and I still consider both shows relatively new. So like those deep dives, I think those are those are really special because again, you're taking that thing that you that you really love and and going deep into it. And so I think it's important for us to do that, to to go deep into these things, to show other people that even if maybe Steven Universe or maybe uh, Assassin's Creed isn't your favorite game series, maybe you're somehow familiar with it. And then seeing someone else who is so so into it and being able to pull so much from it. Uh, I think it's a good example so that other people can say, hey, maybe Assassin's Creed isn't my thing or, uh, you know, maybe it's it's Zelda. Maybe it's um, Metal Gear, right? There are all these other series that I know really, really well, and I think I could do the same thing and then use those insights to, again, whether it's in teaching or mental health or, or just helping out a friend. I mean, I think there's a lot that we can do with that content that, that we love. So I'm curious, why is Assassin's Creed your favorite game series? Well... See, 
it started off with just the historical context. Um, I, I just really enjoy history. I enjoy learning about the past. It, it's just, you know, a fun pastime um, to kind of learn new stuff. And with the way the games are, they take a nice, you know, interesting spin on the whole, you know, historical aspect of, of um, the time periods that they're setting their games in. Um, and as I played through this series, I just became so like involved and so enamored with the with the story that they were building that I just it was one of those it became like a like a TV show or like a a book series where you finish one book and you're just craving more you want to know what happens afterwards and so especially after I played Brotherhood and I saw that ending I was just completely and utterly hooked in like it was one of those things where I just wanted to know more. I wanted to learn more about not so much the like the history stuff was still there and it was still really fun to learn it and read up on the database entries that they put into the games. But to know about what happens to the characters, what happens to Desmond, what happens to the modern day Templars and assassins, you know, what happens to Sean and Rebecca? Like I want to know like where does the story go from there? And uh and that's really what kind of sank in, sank it into me that this is like my all-time favorite series because up until this point like most of the games i was playing was either pokemon or like call of duty because you know i'm a teenager so i'm I'm playing a lot of those first person shooter games i'm doing a lot of like just pastime games where i'm interacting a lot with my friends um and there weren't a lot of games that were really catching my interest in terms of just a single player story but assassin's creed really like pulled me into that rpg like genre uh and it, it it just it was one of those things where I just became so involved in the story that I just couldn't I couldn't turn away from it. And even now, like I'm always craving the next installment. How old were you, and which Assassin's Creed game did you play first? So I th- believe I was 14 when I started playing Assassin's Creed, and I started with Assassin's Creed 2. I, I think I mentioned this in the first episode of the Codex, um, just kind of how I got involved in it. I was at like a family video back when those were a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a game to rent because, you know, I was bored and, and I didn't really own a lot of games myself. So I was looking for a game to rent and the game that I wanted that I can't remember now um, was out, was out completely out. It was all rented. So I was quickly looking for something to grab so I had something to play because we were getting ready to leave and I saw Assassin's Creed 2 and I was like, you know what? I'm going to play it. Whatever. And for some reason in my head, I didn't think that this was a sequel. I just thought they had two in the name. Like it was just really cool because I never saw the first one in the in the store. So I was like, eh, it's, it's fine. It, it's whatever. So I was playing, I played it and I just like the story, the, it was one of those things where I think this is when I started discovering my enjoyment for a nice RPG, a nice game that's revolving solely around like a story as opposed to just Call of Duty where, you know, the campaign is one thing that's got it's some story elements to it, but the majority of it is mainly revolving around its multiplayer and just, you know, running and gunning. Mm-hmm. This is where I, I was like, huh. I really enjoy a game that has a nice story to it. Um, And then eventually I I went through and I went to a Walmart and I found the first Assassin's Creed and then I went back and played that. But um, I was ultimately really glad that I found two and I played two first because if I had had started with one, I don't know if I would have necessarily gotten into an Assassin's Creed. 
because the first one's a little uh, little rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. Were you were you already into like historical fiction stuff like that um, um, before you started playing the games? Uh, yeah. So history, not necessarily. Like I wasn't like reading stuff, but like whenever documentaries were on, um, you know, when especially like involving like past wars and stuff, um, it was just something that I just always found interesting. It was just, and then like in, in social studies class and history class, like those were like the subjects that like I paid a lot of attention to because I was, I thought it was really cool to learn about, you know, these past cultures, these past people and all these other like conflicts more specifically that had gone on in, on this planet and, you know, and their impact that they've had on our society today, even though things like that might not seem like much of a difference, but like you know, something that I had learned, like I went back and was relearning uh, recently was the Battle of Hastings, where that was some, you know, battle in England, you know, so many years ago. But if it wasn't for that battle, our English language would be completely different. I mean, yeah, I was always into history, but this is kind of what drove me to be even more into history and, you know, go off and do more research on my own about, you know, the Italian Renaissance or, you know, the the time of the, the Crusades or you know, the French Revolution or, you know, something like that. That's so cool. <laughs> I want to go deeper into the reasons why you like it. But but first, I want to jump on something that you said before. The way you talked about Pokemon and Call of Duty, <laughs> like psh, those games, Assassin's Creed, <laughs> now that's a game. I thought it was funny because uh, for other people, like their Assassin's Creed is Pokemon or is Call of Duty. Um, like those are the games that, that do it for them for, for different reasons. And I don't know, I, I can't answer the question of what is my favorite game series because it changes from time to time. I mean, I'll, I'll try to answer it here, but like, Lauren, is it easy for you to answer that question? What is your favorite game series? Uh, no, and how rude of you to ask me such a personal <laughs> and revealing question <laughs> uh no i mean the the problem is is like i love games so much that's like i can tell you my favorite game series but it's gonna be several different genres of games like what do you mean wait a minute <laughs> like oh what's your favorite game series and i'd be like oh if you're talking about like adventure games it's zelda but if you're talking about like uh horror games it's silent hill but if you're talking about like platforming games <laughs> and on and on and on <laughs> It's like, uh, I have favorites, but um, I want to keep all of my favorites, you know, like Pokemon is I want to collect all of the favorites. I don't I don't want to just have one, just one. I need a lot. But just love you know, games. <sighs> you know, but but if you had to narrow it down, like what are your favorites? Like, uh, could you narrow it down to two or three? Well, I mean, Legend of Zelda games, because mm-hmm. I have a tattoo <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if I'm going by that measure, then also Baldur's Gate games, because I have a tattoo. <laughs> and then also Silent Hill games, because uh, I just can't quit that kooky town. <laughs> so so Silent Hill, Legend of Zelda, and Baldur's Gate. I guess, but there's so many other games that I love. Like, no. you know, I, I really, really love What Remains of Edith Finch, but that's not like a game series. That's just one game. So yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, we can, can I we count can, that? Do I count that? Is... Let's not count that, right? Let's, yeah. let's talk about series, right? Yeah. I mean, 
because I think I think even like favorite game gets gets harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but favorite game series, like for me, depending on when you ask me, it's Legends of Zelda or Metal Gear Solid. But then it's definitely. Uh, like I think the games that I've actually played the most for the most number of hours and enjoyed the most because I played with my friends are the Borderlands series and the Destiny series, right? It's like Destiny one and two. I think I've I've played hundreds of hours and I've played hundreds of hours on the Borderlands games, and those are probably my favorite memories. But I still wouldn't consider them my favorite game series i think it has a lot to do with with what mark was saying it's like i don't know there's something about there's an intimacy between you and in the and these particular games like with metal gear i love metal gear so much that i i still haven't played five because i don't want (laughs) to start like the end right because i know that's it like even i mean maybe someday kojima will come back (laughs) to the series and make a six maybe I don't know, but I doubt it. So it's like, it's like I'm saving it. I'm saving it. There are times when I sit down, I'm like, I'm finally going to do it. I need to do it. I'm like, no, I can't because that's, I don't know. It's like, it's so emotional for me to even think of that. Like I'd rather go back and replay some of the other ones. And then Zelda is just, I don't know, like Cadence of Hyrule came out recently and I did not like Crypto the Necromancer, and I still or Necro Dancer, and I I was like it it pains me. I just downloaded the demo, by the way, because there's a demo now. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna give it a try, but it's Zelda. I need it in my life, <laughs> and and there are so many reasons why those two series are special to me. Even though they're not the ones that I've spent the most time with, they're not the ones that I share an affinity with with like most of my friends. I think. There's special things about it. Like again, I want to go deeper. I want us all to go deeper into different reasons why. Yeah, and I, I mean, there, there is a, there's a, a difference in, you know, amount of time spent playing and quality of time spent playing. And there's a difference between, you know, multiplayer games and cooperative multiplayer games and single player games. Um, I mean, I loved fallout 3 i put that's probably the most hours i've put into a single player game ever is fallout 3 but i've never played fallout or fallout 2 and i played um i played some of new vegas and i played some of four but not very much uh and i haven't played any of um 76 so you definitely this is definitely not your favorite series (laughs) no but if you ask me to talk about fallout 3 like i could do a whole podcast episode on talking about my experiences in fallout 3 and how much fun i had playing that game and how meaningful that game ended up being to me but it's not the whole series that that was impactful it was that that one specific game yeah yeah, and I kind of want to kind of backtrack here. Like, I remember, you know, earlier I was talking about Pokemon and Call of Duty. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love those games. And, and you know, Pokemon was one of those games series that, like, shaped my childhood. I, I, I grew up with a, you know, Game Boy in my hand playing Pokemon. I remember having that little Game Boy Advance portable light that you could have just so I could play, you know, Pokemon in the dark all the time. Um Hell yeah. It's just, you know, and and even now, like, I still enjoy, you know, my Call of Duty. Like, I'm looking forward to, you know, playing the new one that comes out, you know, later this year. Um, And and same with Lauren. Like, Fallout 3 was a game that I put in so much time, so much effort and energy into because um, once I had finally gotten the the hang of it, and I think this was after I had 
played Assassin's Creed 2 when I got into the RPG stuff. But I went back and tried playing Fallout 3, and I just, you know, I fell in love with it. Like, I, I could not stop playing it all the time. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, these games have a profound effect on me, and they were the games that kind of helped shape my childhood. But Assassin's Creed, for some reason, just kind of hits all the, the bullet points for me that just, like, makes it, like, this all-time favorite series of mine. And I will... I could talk about it all day long, all week long. I mean, I could even make a podcast out of it. <laughs> so so I, I like that framing of different bullet points. Like, let's let's go around and see if we have this similar uh, things that that make our favorite series our favorite series. So, like, what is one of those, or what is like the biggest bullet point on that list for you? It needs to have um, a nice, flushed out story. It, 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 to me, like, and you think I, that Assassin's Creed has a nice, fleshed out story? This, this, <laughs> this Assassin's Creed has put me on a roller coaster of emotions with its story. Um, okay. I mean, you know, with games like To the Moon, where it's like a basically just a visual novel with some interactive elements in it. Like I remember watching that game in particular, and the story that it had was just so beautiful and so amazing. Um, and then I go and I play Assassin's Creed, and I, I was making these subconscious connections between Assassin's Creed and To the Moon, which I know are very different games and very different genres, but. I found that the story elements that To the Moon had, Assassin's Creed was kind of hitting those points, but just in a different way. It, Assassin's Creed always found a way to keep me engaged in the story. It always found a way to keep me interested in the story to the point where I could keep playing it and not get bored. Um, you know, over time, you know, with Origins and Odyssey, that kind of changes a little bit. So it can kind of give you the freedom to do what you want and explore the way you want to, which is great. And I love it. But by the time they hit Origins and Odyssey, they have this huge universe and this world set up that you can do that and you can learn more on your own about stuff. So like the story isn't necessarily like its core point, but it's being interactive in that world and, and being able to change that world that kind of keeps me more engaged in these later installments. But when you go back to Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood 1, you know, all these games were essentially it's one of those things where you have a mission and then you have to go to this next location and do that mission. And it, it, that's how they keep the story driven, but it's how they develop their characters it's how they set the scenery it's how they set up the plot for and the reasoning to go and assassinate this character or this important figure or to go and and fight all these guards that kind of is to me like the biggest point and and why this like it hits so hard on this point and why like this is like my number one reason so is it the story like the individual story of each game or is it the overarching story that goes throughout all of them the overarching story. Got it. Got it. And how they connect to one another. And so is it is it more story or lore? Like I, I, th- I think there's a distinction. Like you can go through one of these games and have a, an overview of the lore, but there's so much deeper that you can get if you spend the time, but you don't have to. They're not really required. Yeah. I, um, I say for me, it is more the story, um, but the lore itself is also one that is also another one of my bullet points just because especially with Assassin's Creed it, like the story and the lore itself are like closely connected 
um, where yeah, you know, you can have you can play through a single game and you can get this story, and this story is to me like I find it very moving. I find it very uh, impactful. Um, but then it's when you start connecting it to the other games and you you on your own dive deeper into the lore of the game, like a, a game that makes you want to dive deeper, I should say, yeah. um, into its lore, into what makes this world how it is, is another one of those big important points to me because if it's a game that like, oh yeah, it's got a good story, but it doesn't really make me want to dive deeper into it, you know... I don't know. I'm just a person that like wants to know everything. If if a story really catches my interest, like I want to know everything. I want to know every little aspect of this world. I want to know what makes every single character tick. I want to know their likes, dislikes, you know, how they live their life, how they're going to live their life after this story is over. Like I I'm one of those people that likes a prologue and likes a nice epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And that's what I like about uh, Assassin's Creed 2, that overarching story. I love the present-day stuff, and that gets really, really complicated. And it's, it's, it's a, a story that spans thousands and thousands of years. And it's, I don't know, I, I love it. I love that aspect of it. I like when a new game comes out and it connects to the previous one and to the next one, and you don't know it yet. Like Things like that, I, I, I love that. In Zelda... I can't say that I love the story. I don't think story is the reason why I love the Zelda games. But when I hear you describe it, it's like, but I do care about these characters and I do care about their motivations. And I do care about the side characters and, and why this person is running to here every day, you know, and then doing this and, and what their family's like. I do care about that stuff. But like overarching story in terms of Zelda, I mean... There are multiple timelines and things, and I, I love that stuff. Like I would, I would, <laughs> I love talking about the Zelda timeline. Uh, but like, really, overall, there isn't something there. But in in Metal Gear, that's definitely a big part of it, right? Where like three takes place before one, <laughs> and the character that you play there is actually the one that the other one was cloned from and like, Oh, there's like so much stuff and it fits back together and you see people when they're younger and they're older. And that's a crazy story. But I, I, that, that aspect I do love about metal gear. This is kind of tough. I'm thinking about it. And I mean, obviously I love, I love narrative games, but what are my bullet points? I don't know. Well, what about story is story? I, I mean, story is important to me, but it's not necessarily the most important part, right? Like, it's, like you said, Legend of Zelda is not particularly narrative heavy and and lore as far as like meta narrative across games is uh, tenuous at best. Um, but that's not really what I, what I enjoy about the Zelda series. It isn't necessarily the n- narrative depth or lack thereof. And I like I like the stories in the Silent Hill series, but I think that the the better stories are the ones that aren't connected to anything else. The the standalone Silent Hill two being you know my favorite and uh, generally agreed upon as the best, and it's a standalone story. They they supposedly all take place in Silent Hill, but not every Silent Hill is identical and. James Sunderland's story doesn't connect really to anybody's anybody else's outside of like maybe a vague referential note in a later game. 
I, I think a big part of it for me is encountering a game or a game series in the context of what's going on in my life. And I think that that ends up being more important to me than maybe the narrative or or mechanics or anything like that. It's it it's something like I, I happened to play this game at just the right point in my life where I needed to play that game, and that's why it uh, resonated so deeply with me. Like um, Fallout Three, I I played right when I. <laughs> I had graduated high school. I was in community college. I was working my first like legit pay taxes job and everything at a GameStop. And I used majority of my GameStop paychecks to buy video games and video game consoles. Um, and then I was, uh, I had an opportunity to move out of my grandparents' house and live in the tiny cabin next door, which not totally living alone but enough of a, a space between us that it was like i'm i'm an adult person making my own way here i go world you can't stop me and playing fallout 3 which is this game where you know you start out as a baby and pick out your stats and then you grow up into an adult and then you leave home into this vast unknown wasteland where you don't know anything is like, uh, I don't know, maybe a little too on the nose for the experience of becoming an adult. But uh, it fit perfectly within my life. And I think that's a big part of why I dove so deeply into it is because it was matching a lot of the feelings and experiencing experiences I was having at that point in my life, uh, but in a way that was like playful and fun and not like, oh, God, real life too dark. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad there aren't actual super mutants in Santa Cruz. And I think about like the other games that I've gotten really deep into the, the narrative. A lot of the times it has to do with it just being the game that I played at the, the right place at the right time in my own life. The Geek Therapy Discord is incredible. We've got channels for all types of games and fandoms, plus channels for music, cooking, cute things, and emotional support. We even have an accomplishments channel where we share wins, big or small. It's a very supportive place. It's incredible. I love it. I think you will too. Even if online communities aren't your thing, or if you're just a lurker, check out the Geek Therapy Discord. You won't regret it. Join us by visiting geektherapy.com slash discord. So what about gameplay for the games that, that you enjoy? Because for me, that's some of my favorite stuff about Zelda and Metal Gear. Like there, there are different options. There are different tools that you can use to accomplish the same tasks. But sometimes it's more like a puzzle where you need a very specific one. Like, I don't know, things like that. Uh, it's fun to play. Like, how many times have you played Assassin's Creed 2 or 1? How many times have you played them, Mark? I played through 1, I believe, about four times. That's the one you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably my least favorite one, and I've played through it about four times, yeah. And the and Assassin's Creed 2 or Brotherhood? Assass uh, Brotherhood is probably at least 12 times. Uh, right. So two, I've probably played that about six times all the way through to completion. Okay. So like playing, like, I mean, it must be fun to play because if it's just a story, you could, you could just like watch it on YouTube. I think, I think you must, I'm, I'm asking, like, is, is it fun to play for you? Yeah, no, it, it's definitely a lot of fun for me. I mean, yeah, you're right. A lot of, like when it comes to the story, yeah, I could just watch just someone play it on YouTube and just watch a, a playthrough or even just watch like a, a movie of it and just see the cutscenes. But 
I often find a lot of times when I'm, especially when I'm watching Assassin's Creed, I get really frustrated with the way people play sometimes. <laughs> like I just don't wrong. That's why. To, yeah, to me, I just <laughs> I don't like their their play style. Like some people are pretty good, and I can and sometimes I I can learn from it. But for the most part, like sometimes people just do the the weirdest things. I'm just like, why are you doing that? No, you don't do that. No. And so I often find that I get the most enjoyment just out of playing it for myself. Plus, it helps me kind of step into the role, uh, especially with Two and Brotherhood. I'm stepping into the role of of Ezio. And it's almost like I am Ezio in, in a sense because, you know, I'm taking on this, this – I'm playing as Ezio. I'm taking on this character and I'm doing all these things as him. And it, it's more of like I'm doing it without actually having to kill anybody. Um, but another thing about it is just, especially when when it gets to to two and Brotherhood specifically, you have um, Subject Sixteen and his puzzles, and his puzzles, these aren't your run of the mill like twenty piece jigsaw puzzles you can complete in five seconds. These things are hard, especially when you get to like the later files, and I I love the challenge. Like I often try to solve his puzzles without having to look up a guide because when I played through them the first time and I got all the puzzles, I had to work so hard to figure these things out. And especially with Brotherhood and how hard they can get. At the time when I was playing it, I didn't have internet at my house. Like we couldn't afford the internet. So there was no actual way for me to go online and and look up a guide. And I resorted to even texting texting friends to like look up a guide for me and tell me what to do, um, which was of little to no help. But <laughs> I, I remember specifically there is this one puzzle, and it was like a, a like a wheel alignment thing to get the correct combination. I spent two hours. I refused to move on from the puzzle until I could crack it myself. I spent two hours staring at this puzzle, looking at it analyzing it trying to break it down to find some sort of pattern to make it work and and then I, I eventually did it I, I managed to get it and I was so proud of myself so happy but I enjoyed that challenge I enjoyed the like you know the gameplay for the most part is pretty easy going the controls aren't too difficult to get get the hang of so this was a nice like little jump in difficulty and it wasn't really necessarily anything required. It's just if you want to do it, if you want to learn more about the lore, try it, do it. And they're difficult, but they're not. But it's that challenge that was like driving me to, to keep playing and, under, and understand more. And then, of course, as I play it through the later game, uh, through the later times of me going through and playing them, it's more of me picking up on things that I didn't see the first few times around so that like, I'm really taking in everything that this game has to offer. So therefore I'm, I'm getting the most, as much out of it as I, as it can possibly offer. Yeah. I mean, there's something about a series of games where they evolve, right? They get better and better. <laughs> Maybe not the story, but in terms of gameplay and the things that you can do and the way they look, I think that's something that's uh, really cool and something that's I mean, definitely evident in, in a, a game, a series that's been going on so long as uh, Assassin's Creed, it's always changing and evolving. Metal Gear, Zelda, again, same thing. <sighs> I love that. I don't know. I played Metal Gear the first uh, Metal Gear Solid one, maybe twenty times all the way through. It's like after you play it the first time, you start you start unlocking 
uh, power-ups and things for it. And then you can you can beat the game in like two hours. So that's like that's a great length for a game. <laughs> you just keep going through it, and it's a, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's been like remade. I don't know. There's some, there's something about finding a game that feels I don't know. It's like comfort food, right? That you can just go back to it and play it over again. And then once you start, you you want to see it all the way through. Like that's that's a special game when you find something like that that you can go back and and replay. I'm assuming you've replayed some of your favorites too, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, I'm not um a huge replayer, but I've definitely I've played through the Silent Hill games a bunch of times and I've played through uh I've played through most of the Zelda games and I have not beaten most of the Zelda games. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's definitely um, I, I don't know that I usually pick narrative games to be my my video game comfort food. I tend more towards um, like Peggle is probably one of my comfort food games, and uh, not so much story. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm sort of hung up on on what we were talking about earlier, so I'm just gonna derail and go back to that because I can't help myself. Uh, so you were talking about a game narrative and just like if that's the part you like why don't you just watch a let's play or whatever but i really think i mean there are definitely games that that's true for where you can just watch the stories cutscenes, and that's the story and that's enough but i think for most games especially rpgs um playing itself is part of the story and so it's not really the same narrative unless you the player are getting to interact with it in some way whether that's uh as like shallow of an interaction as literally like the cutscene says press x to continue the cutscene or it can be as involved as like okay specific like what your build was and what uh special skills you unlocked and how that impacts like the way other characters interact with you and how that impacts the way the story unfolds or the information you get or whatever it can be a lot more deeper than that but I think one of the reasons why video games are so special is because of that interactivity, even in games that you've already played through, that, you know, you already care about, you're already invested in, you already know the story, so it's not, like, surprising to you anymore. I think you can still get new things out of replaying those games, because if you play differently or if you are in a different part of your own life, uh, you know, different context for who you are when you're playing it um i think you can get a lot a lot out of it um by playing not just by watching the cutscenes. because that's your story then right it's different than well it's it's like several layers there's there's the the narrative of what the game is telling you is the story and then there's the narrative of you the player playing the story from like a meta gaming position of like well I was wearing my PJ pants and my sweatshirt and I sat down on my couch with a big bag of popcorn and loaded up the game disc um and then there's also the layer of your experience playing the game and that can include the like well I had the choice to you know save the person or kill them and I chose this and um I chose that because like earlier in that day I had had an argument with my my brother and like something the character said reminded me of of what my brother had said and that made me decide to save them or you know whatever the more more interconnected story between you playing 
and your life and the game's story and the interconnection there and the interplay there, I think, is what makes games so special and sort of feeds back into what I was talking about earlier about, like, even if a game has, like, the best narrative or, like, this the, the thinnest, blandest narrative, it's, like, if if you play it at just the right time, it can be so impactful for you. This is why video game movies and TV shows don't always translate and, and vice versa. Because, yes. like, the story is written in a very particular way for you to enjoy it as an observer versus as a as a participant. And absolutely, that's why I wanted to clarify, like, what exactly do you mean by the story? Like, what like what part is it about the narrative? Yeah, I think that like, in Assassin's Creed in particular, you get to live through real historic periods, fictional versions of of these uh, of these histories, but. It's like it's real places and there are real people, but you're there, you know, and like that feels a certain way that you don't get from just watching a period piece movie, you know, or even, you know, watching watching any movie like you don't really feel like you're there. You can't do that. You can only do that in a game. I mean, not, not that you can't have a similar experience when you're watching a movie, but it is different. And if that's like your dream, right, to like time travel <laughs> a game like that that puts you into different time periods is just so freaking cool yeah and you know i you know we were talking about you know movies and like the games and things like that and and of course like when you bring that up like when in regards to assassin's creed like you have the assassin's creed movie um which for some reason i feel like falls under a slightly different category than what most uh, movie adaptations of video games kind of are. You're biased, but I want to hear your answer. <laughs> I am a little biased, but the thing is, is that even amongst, you know, a lot of fans in the Assassin's Creed community, like most people didn't really like the film. It's kind of one of those, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, are you like there, there can be points made as to why it's bad and, and, Whatnot, and it's one of those like things with a lot of DC movies where people can kind of you know take crap all over them, but you know there are people that enjoy them, and I'm one of those people that enjoys the Assassin's Creed movie. But I feel like in regards to the Assassin's Creed movie, it's a story, but it, that's not its primary point. Like the point of the movie was for lore purposes which is what mm-hmm. separates it from the games themselves because the games are more story-driven that have these lore elements that build up on the lore just naturally. But the driving point for each game is the story within that particular game. You're not so concerned about these points from past games or, or setting up... Th- or in, in, in a way, you're setting up some events for future games, but that, again, that's not really the primary driving point. The dri- the driving point is what's going on in that game, what is the main conflict, and how is your character going to overcome that conflict? Whether as with the movie, this is solely for lore purposes. This is to give you more information about the game, about the world in which these games are operating in. And this then allows the game to take pieces from the movie and incorporate it into the game, you know, to make it canon, but as a way of using that to drive their story forward. Like it's giving the games stuff to pull for their own stories. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun for me, like to watch them. It's very stylized. It's like it's cut a little weird. So I get why like it feels strange, but it doesn't feel like the games. It's not like the Doom movie that all of a sudden went into first person during an action. It's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> like that's not the type of thing that happens in the Assassin's Creed movie. It is like you said. It's 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 another chapter. It's like, hey, there's more story in this world. We're gonna tell you a little story here. Um, it's got some action, and it's gonna. It has all the cool parts of Assassin's Creed. It has modern day technology. It has strange artifacts with like that is, is actually super advanced ancient technology. Plus, you have you know uh, a historical uh, part where you're you're traveling back in time and seeing things from a different perspective. Like, it has everything that that anyone who cares about the lore of Assassin's Creed and the style would definitely appreciate. So I agree that it, it is different. Like it's it's not retelling Altair's story from number one, for example, which is what a lot of stories uh, tend to do, like movies and things like that. So, like, I'm really interested in the Witcher series on Netflix because that was a series of novels that was adapted to uh, games that were successful, each one more successful than the last. And now there's going to be a series made, but the series is pulling from the original novels the same way the game did. Like, it's going to be. I don't know, it's going to be real interesting to to have that familiarity where I've played as Geralt and now I'm going to see a story of him and see how I feel about that. So what other bullet points do you have? Like, is there any other big thing? We touched on story, we touched on gameplay. Is there anything, like, super important that I'm missing, maybe, that makes your favorite games, our favorite games, our favorite games? I think, Lauren, you've mentioned a few times, like, that context, right? It's like my life in that particular moment made mm-hmm. that gaming experience special. I think that's a big part of it too. What else? I have a question, Mark. Um, even though Assassin's Creed is a single player game, do you find that you are um, making social connections with people over your enjoyment of the game, whether in person or via online interactions? Um yeah, actually, um, I know that there are a couple people that um, have actually listened to the first episode of the Codex, and I've had people come up to me and and talk to me about it. And to me, that that's like my dream right there to have people come up to me and talk to me about Assassin's Creed. Um, but another thing that really helped a lot, was, and what ultimately helped me get like you know some very good letters of recommendation for you know for stuff that I was applying for. Um, was that professor earlier because after I took his that one class I took him again for a different English course and by this point he and I were were talking both outside of class in the classroom and even on social media Um, we were talking about Assassin's Creed he was coming to me asking me questions about games and which game he should buy and you know which game is more important which game has key story elements and I was you know I was always ecstatic to talk about these sort of things. And, and you know, it, it, just because of this this deep, uh, I guess I would, I guess I can't say really deep because I don't know how deep he is in, in the games that I am, but because of this shared um, connection through Assassin's Creed that we have, it, uh, our, like, bond as, like, a teacher-student relationship sort of, like, grew from this. And... Ultimately, I was able to come to him to ask him questions on, um, you know, 
to prepare myself for leaving community college and going off to to finish off my bachelor's degree in a university to him, you know, giving me this, you know, great advice of working out a resume, you know, how to improve it, how to make it um, so much, how to make it better, how and giving me advice of how to, you know, go through interviews and, and things like that. And, you know, even writing this like really stellar uh, letter of recommendation for this internship that I was applying for. And so I feel like this game series itself, especially when I'm talking to people of my peers that uh, are into video games and stuff that have heard of this game, like it's, it's really great because I'm, I'm making all these new friends and I'm interacting with all these people who normally I probably would nor- normally not interact with just simply for the fact that I'm you know, more of a shy person and I'm not typically one to initiate conversations. But when I hear people coming up to me or if I hear people talking about Assassin's Creed, like I'm I'm all into it. I go all in <laughs> and I'm sitting here spouting off so much stuff and it's you know, it to me it's it's like you know how Pokemon is with a lot of people, how that's the driving point, especially with Pokemon Go. Um that's what Assassin's Creed is like to me. Although, don't get me wrong, I do love me some Pokemon Go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had, uh, like, really pleasant conversations with uh, strangers over Pokemon Go. And when Fallout 3 was uh, a newer game, I I had several interactions with people where I'd be all like, oh, hey, I notice you have a uh, Pip-Boy like button or something i'm like oh have you played fallout 3 and they're like oh yeah and then spend like 25 minutes talking to a stranger about all of the crazy bethesda glitches we encountered that broke our xbox 360s and stuff like that is like a really cool way to interact with people uh even though the game is not you know intended to be a a social interaction it ends up having a huge social element to it which is what i really really love and i think a big part of that is people relating to um to narratives uh like we were talking about earlier what i what i found is that just that affinity for something is such a positive energy and finding other people who to share that positivity with is like what builds communities and, Hell yeah. And that's the whole reason why we started this podcast and all the podcasts on the network that that I've started at least. The the reason as much as I like to say that you know we're we're trying to educate about mental health and psychology and we're trying to teach people about video games and and the benefits and positive aspects of them versus the negative all that the truth is like deep down, like number one reason is to build community, is to find other people who, for whom that information resonates, but then is also willing to stick around and talk about it afterwards. You know, like that would be awesome if we have other Assassin's Creed fans who who come on board and start talking to us about the Codex. Um, a lot of people listen to to headshots, and it's great to have people reach out and ask questions and and like share the episodes and and like answer the same things like just join that conversation it is it is so good it's such a good feeling and on top of that if you really really feel like you could gush about your favorite thing so hard firehose style maybe you should start a podcast because i want to hear about it that's that's usually uh how i say it. it's like you know what like, <laughs> if you're so excited about it i would like to hear you talk about that <laughs> i mean 
I mean, very similar story to, to, to Lauren's, right? Like Lauren was like, I would love to hear you talk about Edith Finch. And I was like, yep. Why don't we hear you talk about Edith Finch? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't mean, if you're if insisting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, like, it's just another another example of, like, so many positive things, right? Like, none of us, none of us mentioned, like, in my darkest hour, like, this game brought me out of the dark. Like, like that can be a part of it. There are some games that do that for us. But really, it's like, no, nah, this is my favorite game. It's fun. I love it. It makes me happy. <laughs> and I love talking to other people about it. And I want to talk more about it. I want to start a podcast. And... And it means so much to me. I don't know. There's so many reasons why I love um, some of these games. I think we could go way deeper and for another hour. Are there any more that you want to mention real quick before we wrap up? Um, well, I mean, I know I kind of mentioned this on, on the Codex too. Um, what Another really big point um, that really makes me um, think of Assassin's Creed as like my all-time favorite series is the idea and the fact that it's taught me a lot um not only just historical stuff but it's also helped me shift perspective on on you know kind of how i view life and how i choose to go about my own life it's taught it, it's brought in these different philosophical ideals and and theories and other sorts of stuff that have made me kind of view things differently i'm i'm a person that likes to take in all sorts of different perspectives and viewpoints on a certain situation just so that way I can get everybody's feel on how they choose to go about or how they choose to act given, you know, a specific uh, problem that comes up. So when this game comes out and it's really just a conflict of ideals at this point between the two um, main groups to kind of hear both sides, especially when you get to um, Assassin's Creed Rogue, when you shift from Assassin to a Templar, it, it ultimately has just taught me a lot. It, it's taught me many different things about how th- how they feel like the world works, and then I take those those ideals and I apply and I put that lens on for a little bit, and I view the world through that lens, and I see things completely differently. That's really what. Uh, was a really big driving point. And that really hit home for me in Assassin's Creed Revelations um, during the ending, kind of like mm-hmm. the epilogue, more to, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, like, I feel like the fact that you can walk away from that game and feel like you've learned something or that you, you've taken something from that game, like that game has taught you something, whether it's a simple value or it's, and in my case, life-changing. Yeah. That's that's ultimately for me what kind of drives this game ahead of everything else. Well, I would argue that those kind of insights and those kind of learnings are only possible with a a game or a piece of media that you really care about already. Because you could get like you could see the same thing happening with another series and it might not resonate as much. It's something we could discuss later. But I think that's why it's important to to spend the time and reflect on those things. And, and if like you really care about a game or, or any other piece of media, like to, to be open to the idea that like, maybe I could learn something from this, or maybe I could learn something about myself through this experience. I think, I think it's great. That's why I think that uh, the codex is going to be a lot of fun to listen to. <laughs> I hope it's a lot of fun to listen to. Heck I hope yeah. so too. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and pitch it. Like where can people find it? So people can find it um, on the Geek Therapy Network. Um, 
geez, I can't even remember. I'm just so flabbergasted to even talking about this for a while. Um, so yeah, you can find it on the Geek Therapy Network. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Just look up the Codex and look for our wonderful thumbnail. Um, and we also have a website. I, I believe it's just codex.geektherapy.com. Yes. Correct? Yes. I, yep. I just didn't know if it had the, the word the in there. So it's codex.geektherapy.com. Um, we also, you know, we're also in the Discord. We have our own little Assassin's Creed channel. It's a little lonely in there sometimes, but it's there. <laughs> and I'm always eager to talk to, to to more people about Assassin's Creed. Um, but yeah, it's kind of available on multiple podcast streaming platforms. So everywhere, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. You can also uh, post on our forums at forum.geektherapy.com and I hope that you do because I want to hear what you think about the Assassin's Creed series and also uh, what games have you played that are were really impactful and maybe even changed your personal philosophies yep every episode of this show and the Codex will be on the uh, Geek Therapy Forum it's definitely the place to, to comment on each episode and Mark mentioned the Discord it's awesome go to Discord <laughs> links to all of our uh, social profiles and websites and community spaces are in the show notes and yeah please like lauren said let us know what makes your favorite game your favorite game i'm probably going to jump in there because there's a whole bunch of stuff i wanted to say today that i haven't said yet so that's going to be a good <laughs> conversation so thank you, thank you so much for listening to headshots mark thank you so much for stopping by no, no. Thank you for finally being pestered by me enough to finally allow this to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've only been begging for the past few months to be on this show, but you know, thank you. Basically, that's how it works. If you want to be on the show, just just ask. <laughs> we may not have you back after the first time, but you know, we're open to having you on once. Uh, just, ask. <laughs> just just ask. If you're on, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll keep pestering. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find more headshots at headshotspodcast.com. And we'll be back in two weeks. Bye. Bye.